Pat's Interference. Year 3, Episode 8, Alabama rolls over Fresno State 41-10. to We're going to break down that game, plus look ahead to Colorado State in Week 3. Week 3 already? Feels like we just started. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. This is Pat's Interference. What's good, everybody? Thank you for listening to Pass Interference. We're joining you with another episode here. Alabama just beat Fresno State, and now we're looking forward to Colorado State, but we're going to talk that game, preview the next game. Another episode, episode 8 of Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Brickman. And I am Patrick Nord. Brick, doing a little bit earlier in the week this week than uh, than the last couple weeks. Just found some uh, some free time and figured, hey, why, why, why not get this thing going? I think it's a good idea. First of all, people want their Alabama stuff right after the game, so I'd say, uh, I'd say this would be a great norm, but obviously we do these episodes. Um, this is our, this is not our day job, I should say. This is our part-time gig, so we get to them when we can, but we always try to get them to you as early as possible, and we're getting started on Monday, or Tuesday, I guess, for you. But Yeah, 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 happy so, Tuesday. Brick, uh, before we get started, everything good with uh, your coverage and survival of Hurricane Irma? It came, it went, um, it is out of the way, it's no longer a hurricane at that. Yeah. Uh, it was good, you know, station kind of went, we didn't go all out, like it didn't hit here as hard as some of the um, sure. for early forecasts said, and um, it could have been a lot worse, I know a lot of people are, uh, had some damage, but um, in our specific area, we, it, it pretty much any of the hard winds, huge rain missed us, so we were uh, very fortunate here in the panhandle. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Glad to hear it. Headed my way now. Headed my way now. That's so true. That is correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Bama caps off a big Saturday with a 41-10 victory over the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, Brick, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. Shouldn't be too long of an episode. Uh, we, You know, review a 31, uh, is that right? Yeah, 31-point victory and then uh, then go over a, uh, a game that could be very similar. Uh, if Alabama plays yep. in a similar manner, and that starts with the offensive side of the ball. By the numbers, almost 500 total yards, 192 passing, and 305 rushing. Uh, no turnovers. Hurts 14 for 18 on 128. A touch, 154 rushing yards, two touches that way. And the running backs, 25 combined carries for 138 yards. So go ahead and tell me from those numbers, kind of what do you think, your initial impressions of the game, and then what did you like about the game? Well, uh, you know, it was a um, – I feel like we saw a lot of vanilla play calling. I do. You know, I feel like when we play these teams, we kind of um, uh, lighten the, the playbook. Um, and this is no, you know, offense to Fresno State or Colorado State, but I don't think we bring out our big guns for that. I like the balance. I like the balance of the offense. I like the play calling. I liked uh, the way they moved the ball and, and really the, the game planning because obviously we should roll over a team like Fresno State, but – I liked the way they went about it. We've seen some duds. I actually predicted a dud in this game, and I don't think we quite hit that. We started off fast. We scored a bunch of quick touchdowns, and sure. we kind of slowed things down, put in sure. some backups. It's what you want to see. It's what I wanted to see against this team, and I was very impressed with uh, with with you know most things on the offense. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I texted you uh, midway through the game and told you this is the offense that I wish we'd run all the time. Uh, you know, get six, seven yards. Uh, on the ground or through quick slant passes you know there were a lot of uh, sort of quick slant stop passes where you know Jalen or Calvin or Jalen and you know uh, 
your Judy or somebody would recognize, all right, this is a, uh, you know, zone blitz sort of situation. You're going to have a pocket in the middle of the field. Just squat. I'll hit you with a pass. Fall down. We'll get eight yards. I like those plays. They're safe. They get you a good chunk of yardage, and they open up your run game. Uh, so, you know, you, those guys start to recognize, okay, they're hitting us in the pockets. We need to step back, step back, and not stack the boxes more. Boom, you get Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris, uh, Najee Harris all in the mix, and they're able to sort of utilize the inside part of the field, run between the uh, run between the guards, uh, or run between the tackles, I guess. But, uh, no, I, I, I liked the play calling a lot. I was a big fan of it. I understand how some people think it's vanilla, but – you know, I don't want us throwing double reverse passes like Gus Malzahn. I, I don't want us running a veer option. You know, I, I want the standard jam it down their throat sort of football that I think Alabama's, you know, sort of carried throughout their dynasty. All right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I see uh, I see a lot of people. I'm just going to bring this up here. I see a lot of people maybe complaining about the the total passing yards for Jalen Hurts in, in a game like this. Um, I have no problem with it. I don't care if he has 128 yards passing. I care, I like our total offensive output. All right, almost 500 yards should get it done against any team Alabama plays. People want to complain about his passes. My only slight complaint is the fact that he did run so much. I don't know why we had him running, especially in that second half. But I don't think the runs that he was doing were designed. I think he was just kind of taking it on his own. His job is a signal caller is to move the offense. So if sure. he's doing it with a 12-yard run or 12-yard pass, I really don't care. Yeah, I don't care since if he has be, four Since he's been the yards. starter, he's done a great job moving the offense. Sure. With without, you know, if you leave out maybe the the last two games of the season, he's really been the main guy moving our offense other than a couple games of Bo Scarborough. Now, this game sort of quiet on the uh, Damian Harris front, but Bo Scarborough and Najee Harris getting quite a few carries, especially Najee Harris. Let's focus on him a little bit, Brick. What did you like from him and his play from Saturday against Fresno State? Oh, I love his run style. I like his mentality. Um, he's got he's got the moves in the open field that he needs to, just very subtle moves to keep moving, but um, he's, he's also not afraid to, to get the extra three, four yards that maybe aren't quite as sexy at the end of a run, but three, four yards is huge if you can always fall forward. And that's why we love Derrick Henry so much, by the way. Sure. Um, he had some good burst runs. He didn't, you know, have any breakaway touchdowns or anything, but I think those are coming. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one, like, he's very raw. You know, he's got the raw sort of, you know, standard. Um, it, it's all there. I, I think it's just a lot about, um, you know, sort of, molding that and getting coach Burns to mold that into an Alabama running back. You know, uh, Trent Richardson is the, is the name that I always think of with that in 2009, that Arkansas game. You know, I don't, I don't have to remind you of it or any Alabama fan that was watching that game. Trent Richardson was good, scarily good, hit four times in the backfield and then ran for a 55 yard touchdown. If you'll remember, uh, I love that play plays like that. I mean, it, where it was just okay, but he's still not, really reading the play he's just kind of bullying everybody and bulldozing through everybody I can't wait to see what happens when he starts reading a play and then you know that comes full circle in his last game in a Crimson Tide uniform uh in the national championship in 2011 where he's able to read okay I've got all this room outside and then scampers 35 yards for a touchdown the only touchdown score between those two teams that season uh, and it won Alabama national championship so I can't wait to see what Najee Harris does once he starts getting that football IQ uh, sort of, and sort of that Coach Burns mentality, uh, you know, 
to associate himself with that and sort of become a part of that brotherhood that we always talk about with Alabama running backs. Yeah, um, I think he has the potential to be the best running back at Alabama. And that's, you know, we, we, we love to argue over who was the best. You know, you got Mark Ingram Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Derek Henry with his Heisman, um, even Trent Richardson. And we always love to argue which of those four, five, six guys was the best. But I think Najee Harris is that kind of talent to yeah. enter that conversation by the time he leaves. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right, so sort of uh, final thoughts from the offensive side. Uh, give me one thing you liked and one thing you didn't like from this game. Okay, well, one thing I liked was, um, I mean, I mentioned it a little bit, I liked the balance. I liked the fact that we, you know, outrushed our passing numbers, but my, not by a ton. You know, we had 192 yards rushing, or passing, sorry, and 305 rushing. I like that kind of offensive output. I like the fact that we have five running backs, and then we'll have six, and I'm, I'm including uh, um, Jalen Hurts in this, five guys that we can rely on to get us chunk yards at a time. Sure. Um and I, you know, I just I liked the pace of the game. Yeah, I don't think we were ever taken out of what we wanted to do. We had a couple punts, but you know, every team punts every now and then. I don't think they ever got us out of what we wanted to do. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I'd say um, one thing that I liked from this game, and we'll talk about it in a little bit more depth later on. But seeing the Hawaiian punch, seeing touchdown Tua Tua the tank, if you will, uh, going yeah, six and nine for bit. sixty-four yards and a touch. Um, you know, again, it, it kind of felt raw to me. Um, you know, it wasn't the sort of gunslinger that I think a lot of people saw during the A-Day game and got excited about during the A-Day game. But, um, you know, it's it's clear that he's got the athletic ability. It's just about whether or not he'll be able to learn the playbook, learn the offense, and go from there. Um, and being able to run that offense and run something that B-Dabs wants to see. Um you know, so I think I, I think it was great seeing him. Uh, there were a couple plays um, where he kind of threw behind a receiver, or a receiver was sitting there waiting on a waiting on a ball instead of you know getting upfield and getting 10, 12, 20 extra yards. Um, but I think that stuff will just kind of come with time. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Brick, tell me something you didn't like about the game against Fresno State on Saturday. See, that's a tough call. I mean, I didn't really have a huge ton amount of complaints. Um, Maybe maybe if I had to, I, I want to see, I haven't seen the hot hand yet, and let me explain what I mean by that. We always have fed the hot hand at running back, and, and I'm not worried, I'm not, you know, this is nitpicking here because I think we played as well as could be expected um, against Fresno State, but maybe this is more about I want to see Bo Scarborough get going, you know what I mean? You know, he ended last season so dominant. Sure that he came in, you know, obviously with Heisman hype. It wasn't Damian Harris with Heisman hype. It wasn't Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris. It was Bo Scarborough. And there's a reason for that. I think when he's on, he's our best running back. Yeah. Um, but he is he is so much more hot and cold than the old reliable Damian Harris. Now, both of them are wonderful in their own right. I want to see Scarborough get back where he was. Not that he played bad. He had some nice runs. And he had some, you know, misblocking assignments where he got tackled short. And he could have made it more. If I had to nitpick, I'd say I want to see his... He's a he's a runaway train. I want to see that train kind of start coming off the tracks. Sure, not off the tracks, but get just get going. Sure, sure. I agree with you. How about you. yourself? Uh, one thing I was sort of disappointed with is is just something that you know we can sort of reflect on um, from the Florida State game, which is why can we not score on first and goal? When did we not score? Oh, were you talking about? I, th- I know Tua had a drive, maybe two, where they had to yes. get a field goal. Yes. 
that's it's frustrating. And I, I get you're trying to get him experience and throwing the ball down in the red zone. I understand that. And, you know, maybe it is just practice, but that's why you have practice, if I'm not mistaken, is so that you can work on that then. Why? Like, why is uh, our, I see what you're saying. I why is our main focus not score. getting in the end zone when we're inside the Even tent? if it's the backups. Yes. I, I don't understand. And, you know, like I said time and time again last week, we have recruited, you know, the top, you know, within the top five at least running backs in the past three, four years. Why are we not pounding the ball when we get inside the tent? You know, break some of our favorite plays of the past two, three years have been when we've put defensive linemen in the backfield and just jammed it down people's throats. Can you recall a time where that's been unsuccessful? Because I can't. I can't. And I, I, you know, I'm not saying we need to run that every single play inside the red zone. I'm not even saying that we don't need to pass inside the red zone. I'm just saying that at, at a point, you're you're getting too fancy. You're getting too cute with it. And I, I'm worried that one day when we're not playing in Fresno State, when we're playing in LSU, an Auburn maybe, even though we don't even really know who that team is anymore, but you know what I mean, we get to the playoffs. At what point do we get too cute and, you know, we're losing four points and that costs us a ball game? So if I had to pick something that sort of disappointed me, that would be it. That's something I hope that they sort of improve um, on the offensive side of the ball uh, throughout the next few weeks. But defensive side of the ball by the numbers uh, gave up 274 total yards um, but only 58 of those were rushing uh, nice to see uh, Avery get a pick um, for me you know one thing that I liked about our defensive play was the you know seeing Avery get that pick I think it's great for his confidence after he got thrown over a couple times against Florida State and they were you know sort of gunning at him early during this game as well um, you know, and that's something that I think teams were sort of looking towards and looking at when they watch film and their blueprint to beat Alabama. Oh, we'll go pick on Averett. He can't stop you. Well, this is great for his confidence, and I think this will sort of put a halt to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I guess if I had to pick one, you know, I guess I didn't expect Fresno State to get some of the chunk plays they did. So if I had to pick something I liked, there was a whole lot of bend but don't break. You know, they'd, they'd give up a, a 12-yard screen, and then they come back the next play and it'd be a minus three running play. You know, I think they played well. I think uh, we had a lot of young guys out there, obviously very young linebackers that had never played before. And Jamie Mosley, C.J. Mosley's walk-on brother, now scholarship player, but he got his first start. Um, and so it was never going to be a perfect performance because we had so many guys getting their first, you know, taste of college football out there. And, you know, I think they played well, you know, um, we needed a, a couple games like this to see if they were ready. I would have hated to throw out such young linebackers against, say, an LSU. So, sure. I, you know, I, not that I ever want somebody to get hurt, but if you have to pick a, a, a gap in our schedule to go, hey, you're going to lose two linebackers, you need to throw out some young guys, I would say it's these two games so that they can kind of get their feet wet. Uh, so I like that. You know, the numbers weren't bad, obviously. I mean, 216 yards passing isn't horrible. Um Maybe not what you want against Fresno State, but I will say that quarterback they had was pretty good. He had some skills. Right. Yeah. His no, name was Virgil. Definitely. And I liked his game. I liked his game. And um, you know, it was it was I, a I very was, Fresno State offense. A good growing game. Yeah. I think it was. A, we grew a little bit. And don't forget, Fresno State scored sixty six points against uh, Word Incarnate they're last very, week. They're a very run and shoot team. You know, uh, I'm not saying they're good by any means, but they are a run and shoot team. Um, you know, our. Uh, 
and one thing that I wasn't wild about um, is that as a team, Alabama was giving up five and a half yards per catch against Fresno State. Now, granted, we only gave up 58 yards of rushing offense, which is ridiculous against any team, um, even if it is Fresno State. But that's just that number's a little too high for me. Um, and and I, I worry about if Alabama gets in a situation where they play a quarterback that can sort of nickel and dime and pick it apart you know, what sort of happens then. But I think it starts with the pass rush. Um, you know, when Alabama is able to get through on a blitz, they're unstoppable. Um, you know, I can see that defense forcing a lot of turnovers by doing that and a lot of sacks by doing that. But so far this year, uh, if the blitz is picked up, it's pretty much a guaranteed eight or nine yards for the offense, um, given that their receiver doesn't just completely drop the ball or muff it or whatever. Um, you know, or their quarterback doesn't bounce pass it to him like Stidham might. Um, you know, I, I think that um, that's that's a little frustrating for me to see is that we've become so accustomed to Alabama's bringing the blitz. You've got about two seconds to throw the ball and make a decision. And now it's, you know, oh, but if you jam a tight end and a running back in there, you give yourself another five or six seconds. Or alternatively, you throw a screen pass and you get 16, 17 yards out of it. Uh, so it's things like that that, you know, it is the second week of the season, and I understand that, but getting a pass rush and getting a more consistent pass rush is something I would like to see going forward. Don't forget, though, Alabama's defense last year, it, I'm not saying they didn't start good or well, I should say, but it was week three where they gave up almost 600 yards to Ole Miss. Yeah. So, yeah, every defense is going to find their identity. Uh, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I put this question in here. Since you just kind of got there, this is going to kind of segue. But I put, if tw- if 2016's defense is a 100, so say they're at 100%, where do you put this defense so far and what your, kind of what your expectations are that they will live up to that 100? So far, I, I put them around an 85 to an 88, and most of it revolves around that pass rush. It's also, um, you know, the depth at linebacker now with the injuries and everything like that are a little concerning. But defensive line... You know, obviously you're missing a couple key players there, but overall, as far as depth is concerned, I just feel like Alabama's not really missing that much anymore. Um, defensive backs is sort of the same way. You know, obviously you're missing a lot of leadership, but really when you look at the talent-wise and you look at guys that are able to cover the field, they're really not missing that much. Um, you know, it's just a name thing. It's just the Eddie Jacksons are gone now. You know, now you, but you've got Minka Fitzpatrick and Ronnie Harrison. You know, it, it's not like it's bad. It's just you you don't have the names anymore. You don't have the experience anymore. Um, so that's that's sort of my take. What is yours? Yeah, well, you you put almost exactly what I was going to say when I wrote this question. Um, I was going to give it an eighty. You know, I think I think by the end of the year, because last year's defense, and it won't ever be talked about this way because of the national title loss. But had Alabama won that national championship, especially going on the track that they started the game against Deshaun Watson they would have been regarded as the best defense of all time. Yes. That title still belongs to 2001 Miami probably because yes. they 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 finished their goal and won a national championship, but last year's defense would have been there. We were never going to recreate that kind of havoc, that kind of talent, that kind of defensive prowess because I mean you got to think they lost uh, Tim Williams, they lost uh Dalvin Tomlinson. They lost everybody that could pass rush on that team. Robinson. Um Robinson, yeah, how could I not even say Robinson and all those guys? Uh, They lost a lot of pass-rushing talent. Jonathan Allen, how did I even leave his name off? Jonathan Allen. So, you know, 
the pass rush is just the main thing. I think our secondary has a chance to be better this season. I think our linebackers are, you know, going to be similar even without Reuben Foster. Um, it's just the pass rush. We're not going to. The reason we got so many pick sixes, so many fumble return touchdowns, was because quarterbacks had two seconds to get rid of the ball. We're not going to have that this year. Right. But it's also not going to be back, bad as, you know, you remember a couple years back after the 2011 defense, probably 2012, especially 13 and 14, we had a lot of trouble creating any pass rush. Right. The reason our defense was good because our linebackers just didn't let you do anything, but we didn't get many sacks. I'm not saying we're going to go back to that. I'd say just I'd give us probably an 80% compared to last year. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say, yeah. I mean, it's it kind of brings me to my next point, which is, you know, um, something that I want to get your opinion on. I'm not sure that Alabama's really going to know their identity for quite some time. Because I think to really know your identity, it's got to be kind of a combination of things. You've got to have adversity, and it's got to be sort of towards the first, you hope, the first half of your season. I'm looking at Alabama's schedule. I'm not seeing a ton of adversity unless, you know, Vanderbilt winds up to be really, really good unexpectedly or Colorado State throws some option, triple option, something or another into the mix that really messes with everybody's heads. I just, I'm not sure that we're going to know an identity for this Crimson Tide team for a while. And to me, that's a little concerning. Um, I, I think it could very well be the Ole Miss game or even later the Tennessee or LSU game where you kind of see, okay, this is what, this is this team's MO. You know, are they going to be sort of the dominant team like they were last year? Is it going to be more. Sort of the, you know, I don't want to say scrappy, but scrappy, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, team from two years ago that won the national championship. I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm not even remotely worried. I think Nick Saban said on multiple occasions that he likes this team. How many times has Nick Saban said he likes no, coaching a team? absolutely. How many times has he also said they're still searching for an identity on offense? I feel like that's more coach speak than anything. Now, I don't. I think our offense is going to be okay. I think our defense is going to have at least a game with growing pains. Sure. Um, I think we could uh, wrap up Fresno State here. Would you say so too? Yes, I'd say so too. Great game. Uh, we both 10. we both came pretty close on our score predictions too. Uh, if you go back and listen to the last, uh, well, I guess two episodes ago now, but we both came I think pretty I said close. Thirty-five-seven. Uh, I think I said yeah. I think I said something close to that. I might have even said 37-10 or something. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and check that. But, yeah, we, we both came pretty close. So we're getting pretty good at this thing. Uh, now that we mentioned that, though, let's get into our Colorado State preview. This game is a uh, 7 o'clock East, 6 o'clock Central kickoff on ESPN2. Really loving these ESPN2 games. Uh, won't really get into specific matchups like we have been. Um, you know, what – We've sort of put in the docket, and what I'll ask you to sort of kick us off um, is what do you want to see? From this game, what is your goal? What do you absolutely want to see from this game? Yeah, I think it's not pointless, but I don't think it's uh, – we're talking Colorado State. I don't want to talk specifically matchups. Alabama wins in every offensive and defensive category. So what do I want to see? I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I want to see us get Bo Scarborough going. That's number one. No, actually, that's number two. Number one – I kind of made an excuse for Alabama last week to have a dud of a game. 
I won't say that I was going to let them do that, but I was, I opened the door. I was like, just expect one. I don't, I don't expect that this week. All right, the focus has to be there. This is our last game before the SEC slate starts. They need to be on, right? Last week against Fresno State, they were coming off a huge Florida State win right. in a big hyped game, sure. and they lost some linebackers. And I said, expect a dud. We didn't get a dud. This week, there cannot be a dud. I will be livid if I see one. Yeah. This needs to be the dominant Alabama go out there and just leave no doubt. Right. Not that there was doubt against Fresno State, but this you know the type of game I'm talking about. I do. We need to run it. We need we need to unleash all kinds of hell on them. <laughs> and uh so I want to see both Scarborough get going. I want to see the defense go crazy. I want to see the special teams on point. Because then we go to Vanderbilt, and then after Vanderbilt, SEC in full swing. Sorry, Vandy, but I <laughs> yeah, just, Brick. Yeah. I, I think you said it right. We got to call it what it is. You know, Colorado State is in the bottom third of the NCAA in both rush defense. They're giving up about a little over four and a half yards per carry, I think. And then also in third down conversion, Alabama this season is only seven for twenty-six on third down conversions. That's a number that's got to change if you want to have longevity into the season. Now, obviously, Alabama's schedule kind of lends itself uh, there we go. to having a little bit more relaxed numbers in that regard, but you still want to see that carry over, especially when it gets time for the playoffs. So this is a great opportunity. This game is a great opportunity to work on both of those things. You know, uh, I, I think your final score is going to be something similar. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, another sort of 41 and 10 effort. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35 uh, to 14. Uh, and one of those, you know, one of those touchdowns coming in garbage time. Uh, and with that break, that's, that's kind of it for the Colorado state episode. Nice and short, nice and easy. Uh, hey, look, here's how you can contact us. You can go to our Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. You can go to our Twitter at P-I underscore podcast. Email us at Pat's Interference at gmail.com or go to our website at Pat's Interference.com. We've got all those fancy new highlights that Brick shot. Go check them out. They look really, really sharp. Uh, don't be afraid to leave us an iTunes review as well. Uh, you know, that's how we really grow our podcast. That's how iTunes recognizes whether or not we are a successful podcast. So we'd really appreciate it if you would go on there and just tell us what you think and uh, and give us a good rating. Uh, and I guess that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Brick and I have always wanted to do this for a really, really long time. So we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And most of all, Brick, roll, roll tight. tight.